So it's great to have you guys with us uh, this Thank morning. You. And um, I know you were here two years ago, and, but some people perhaps didn't meet you there. Just tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're involved with and that you do in, in Bulgaria. Good morning, everyone. Uh, many of the things we do and are involved in Bulgaria are connected with these men here. <laughs> uh, we, we're doing um, kids and youth ministry. We, we go and do missions with teenagers and, and kids, uh, uh, performing arts, uh, going in different and uh, difficult places where you cannot speak straight about Jesus, so we bring the gospel in uh, creative ways. And uh, we also work together with Leon in Albania and uh, in the new way, as you heard. And uh, the, the truth is, when I grow up, I want to be like him. <laughs> You're older than me. I learned so much from him. <laughs> and uh, four years ago, uh, we planted new church with, uh, with the grown-up teenagers, now young adults. And uh, we have wonderful church, and I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in mind to do. Excellent. Um, in our heart is our nation, especially the young people in our nation. And we want to equip them. We working, make seminars, personal working with some of the people. doesn't matter that the, some of them are from other churches or denominations uh, far from our city, but we have personal relationship and equip them to be a leaders of this nation. Right. And um, uh, sometimes I think... Uh, uh, God give us a favor because we make something like a bridge between different uh, churches and leaders. Mm. Uh, and through the new wave, we see the miracles because uh, uh, these 10 years, um, 10 years ago, if we see our nation was so much uh, separate, different mm. churches and towns, now they became more and more in unity. Not right. only the young people, but the pastors and leaders of the nation. Great. So over the last 10 years, you've seen unity increase. What else have you seen in the lives of the young people that has changed over this last 10 years? Uh, we've seen many good things. Uh, of course, we're working hard to equip young leaders, as you heard, but also we, ha- we see some challenges. And uh, this is young people are thinking more of uh, their own lives and career and, you know, uh, that can, they can grow in uh, education, and uh, now our efforts are um, focused on trying to stir up the fire in them. They're calling to um, answer to the call of God, and uh, of course they can have a career and everything, but the, to use this for the glory of Jesus. Okay. Okay. And uh, actually, what what has happened uh, last ten years? I'll tell you what happened in my family. Our son was baptized in water in the new wave. He was filled with the spirit in the the new wave. And we see every year many young people filled with the spirit and uh, making decisions for Jesus and uh, also making uh, quality decisions for change in their lives in these events. The good thing is not only the young people, uh, they give our, the feedback and they testimony what's going on with their lives. But the good thing is that the parents call us and say thank you because when they go back, they are changed and they behave different way. And they grow up in maturity with Jesus in the home, in the church, and they serve more in the church and uh, belong to the church more strong. Okay. You know, one of the things is that I don't think I've ever met 
uh, anybody like these guys in terms of their heart for people. Because you, you, you can hear like a lot, you know, 4,000 people and thousands of people. But actually, yesterday I went to speak at a church in Netherton. Very small church, just a, a handful of people, some older people, but a lot of young people. Took these guys with me. And these guys just walked amongst these people. And these kids, young people, teens, just came and gravitated towards them. And they spent time with them and they prayed for them and they prophesied over them and spoke into their lives. And it was just amazing. And I've been to their home uh, many times when there's been a knock on the door and loads of young people come in and then the table's set and they eat with them as well. And I love that about these, these people. They're just amazing. And also you have an impact outside of Bulgaria as well. We talk about obviously Albania and, and other parts of the Balkan. What's your heart for that region for the Balkan region, you know, we, we probably hear about, we remember about it because of the wars and all of the difficulties in Kosovo and Bosnia and etc. What's your heart spiritually for that part of the world, for the Balkans? Uh, we have, I have, uh, try to say for himself, but I have heart for uh, the old Balkans. And what I see that God open uh, the doors for us. We have invitation in every one country. We have invitation for Serbia, Kosovo, Macedonia. And we have um, invitation for Turkey. But until this time, I was a little bit afraid. I know that God will kick me there, but... <laughs> Uh, uh, but for now, you know, we just want to commit our life to, for this place, uh, for the Balkans. And I want to see, um, when, when we prayed this morning, I see some picture, um, something that you're in, on the one side of the Europe. If you uh, imagine the map of uh, Europe, you see you're in the one part of the Europe and we're on the door. Uh, for, to the Muslim world, yeah. and this is um, our connection is like a bridge cover uh, uh, Europe because Europe uh, more and more became weak in the Christian um, mm. faith, and I think this is very important to be connected and to be together in prayer and mm. working hard because Europe should be Christian. Uh, continent and Bulgaria is a door, very um, uh, important place because through there uh, they wait on the door. Turkey wait to come and cover Europe. Mm. You maybe you don't uh, interested so much, but in the news in Bulgaria all the time, the government, the um, media, they're so open. And they're very close for us. We yeah. n- almost no one of us can go to the public TV or media station, yeah. and this is not <laughs> fair for my perspective. Yeah. But I believe that God will open the door because we have one leader. Um, he is a Christian. He is in the government, and I believe that God opened the door for us to cover not only Balkans but all Europe together. Okay. And we'll pray for that because there's elections next month. And just finally, Trocha, quickly, what's one thing we can pray for you guys for? You know, there's all these big issues. We'll pray for that in the nation. But what about you personally, you as a couple, as a family? What's one thing we can pray for you for? Protection and wisdom. (laughs) Okay. All right. Why don't we do that? Let's stand together, shall we? And let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you this morning for our relationships. Lord God, we thank you for joining hearts and lives together. God, we, we live in Europe 
once the most Christian na- uh, continent on the planet, now there are 19 nations in Europe who have less than 1% evangelical believers. And Lord, if ever there was a continent that needed a visitation of God, it's Europe. And Lord, we pray for people like Tricho and Ina right there in a very strategic part of Europe, in Bulgaria, in the Balkans, in the gateway to Turkey, into the Middle East. And Lord, we pray for protection. We pray for wisdom. Lord, we pray, God, that you would watch over the elections next month, that 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 person that knows you would be elected into a position of influence for you. And Father, whoever is, is elected, Lord God, whether they know you or not, we pray that they'd be the right people. And we pray you'd watch over that in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Here is like a mother and a father to a nation of young people in lots of ways spiritually. And God, your, your word says that, you know, that in, the, in those days you'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. And Lord, we long for that in our nation and in Bulgaria and across Europe and across this world. And so, Lord, we pray for them and we thank you for the small part that we can play with them in this amazing work for you and for your kingdom. We give you glory, Lord Jesus, because you deserve it. In your name we pray. Amen. Tricho, come and share God's word with us this morning. Why don't we welcome Tricho again? Good morning. Thank you, church, for sending and releasing Leon to come to Bulgaria so often. We expect him next month again on our big celebration of the new wave. And you've been so gracious to release him so he could travel and, and be a blessing to our nation. Thank you so much. I would like to pray first before I speak, understanding that I can do nothing apart of, from Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. Thank you that uh, this day is better than yesterday because we come closer to your coming. And we thank you that your Holy Spirit is the same and uh, he is revealing us new things and he is open, uh, uh, opening our eyes and our ears to see and hear. And we ask Holy Spirit, make the word of God life in us in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Uh, we're going to read from Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1 through verse 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you will also appear with him in glory. Amen. These are very important words Apostle Paul tries to draw attention of the church to. And I believe they're equally relevant for us today. Because we live in end times, we live in difficult times, we live in times of great shaking and great crisis. Which is, by the way, the best time for the church. Because always in time of crisis, the church has been in best shape. Because Christians start praying. And they start seeking God. Otherwise, they can do on themselves. Which is very wrong. Almost sinful. We we cannot go on in our lives without Jesus. Uh, So... 
Paul is trying to, to draw the attention of the believers to the things above, not earthly things. And I believe, like never before, our thoughts and our hearts should be, and our minds should be set upon the things that are above, where Christ is. Because the uh, Bible says that we are new creatures, and uh, we have new life, but very often we stick with our own life. And it brings nothing but trouble, Right? So, um, this is why he says, don't think about the earthly things. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that we should neglect our uh, relationships. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't take care of our parents, our friends, everything that the the Lord has given us. But not to think so much on the things that consume our life. Because our life is abundant, but our life doesn't belong to us. Amen. Uh, recently, I read a book written by a um, uh, famous Russian writer, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. So he was in, uh, in exile in the beginning of the 60s in uh, uh, Siberia. And because KGB was watching him very closely, he had to memorize all the right things he's been done so far. And uh, he's memorizing everything, and then he destroys everything that he's written. So he said there was a moment in his life when f- uh, for the whole month, everything he's written, it took him one week just to uh, remember everything again, to, to go through all the things that he's been written. And uh, suddenly he found out that uh, he has a tumor, and he was about to die. And his friends, doctors, told him, uh, you have no more than maybe two weeks or one month. So he said, I went uh, to another town to die, but I didn't. And he said, with uh, my neglected and very severe tumor, this was miracle of God. And now I know that my life has a purpose. And uh, this is a deep revelation, something that we don't think often of. Bible says that the life we live today is, is not ours. It doesn't belong to us. We've been given new life if, if we have uh, committed our lives to Jesus. We've been given new life. And this new life is totally different quality than the life we've been living before. Why then we should go back? If, if we allow the Holy Spirit to open our eyes for the things that come from above, the things that are in much higher quality than the things on earth, but this is hard to understand because uh, the challenge of, of uh, our lives is the world is presenting us so nice pictures. Everything is crying, buy me, take me, you know, or, or, or all the media, crisis, crisis. I want to share a secret with you this morning. No crisis in the kingdom. There is no crisis in the kingdom. There has never been because... The, the king of the kingdom doesn't allow crisis in the kingdom. His economy never fails. His workers never lose job. No unemployment in the kingdom. Yeah, but we live in earth. I agree. We live on earth, but we are not from this world. Okay? So, uh, I speak to people sometimes. I know it's difficult to lose your job. But uh, our faith and our trust should be in God. 
He knows about it. He knows what's going on. And if we lose our job, probably there is a meaning. And probably uh, he wants us to do something else. And maybe we should step out of our comfort zone and do something different, something we've never done before. Usually in these moments, people that have made uh, a different step changed all their lives and the lives of all the people around. I heard the story of a preacher who, who was sick of cancer and he was about to die. And one day, a small kid came in, in the church and steal his wallet. So he ran after the kid. He caught the kid. And he, he decided instead of bringing the kid to the police he, to, uh, to take care of this kid, this kid was orphaned. So he started to take care of this kid and then another children, uh, another kid and another kid and many children. So this guy didn't die. And he opened orphanage later. And he served so many kids. So the situation that was desperate was turned into life because God had something in mind and this, this pastor didn't resist the plan of God. Because he decided to put his mind and his thoughts on the things that are above, not on earthly things. Because he would die otherwise. And, and uh, it's a, it says that we should make up, we should set up our minds, uh, our goals. Our, in other uh, uh, translation says, our affections towards the Lord, where our lives come from. Because they are not ours. A few years ago, uh, Ina had a surgery. She had a problem with her thyroid gland. And uh, the doctor said, oh, it's okay. This is routine surgery. No problem. Don't worry. So we did. Uh, we went in the hospital. They did the surgery. And uh, I go to see the doctor after the surgery. And he says, your wife is very lucky. I said, why? He, and he said that while uh, he, he removed the thyroid gland, he decided just to check around. And it came out that there was a tumor there. And if this tumor was not found, she would die into two years. In a very painful death. She would lose her sight. All bro uh, her bones would start breaking. Uh, her kidneys would die. And it's awful death. We didn't know about it. But there were signs for this. She had kidney problems, stones in the kidneys for years, and we didn't know what the reason was. We did everything. We didn't know what the reason was. So just before her to go in the hospital, I prayed, Lord, I ask you to remove the reason for, for the kidney stones. And the doctor said this tumor was the reason of all her kidney problems. Because it was causing uh, producing of calcium uh, in, in enormous um, uh, quantities in the body. And, and this is why she had kidney stones. And he, the doctor said, I promise you no more kidney crisis. And she hadn't had one ever since. But God knows everything. He knows the things we don't know. He knows the things we, we dream for. He knows the situation we are in. He, and he knows and there is a purpose in everything. He has the control over the situations we don't have control. 
And actually, it's better when we don't have the control because you're, usually we messed it up if we try to, to hold the control in our hands. Three weeks ago, I had a serious, serious accident. I, I fell in, in, into <laughs> unused underground garage from two and a half meters at least. It was in the night, it was dark, and I was thinking this was asphalt aisle. And I decided to walk the, the short way, to take the shortcut, which was very wrong. And I decided never do shortcuts again. <laughs> Go the right way, maybe longer. So I stepped in this very boldly, and I stepped into nothing. And I didn't know what happens. I couldn't protect myself. It was totally dark. And I fell down and all my body hurts. And I didn't know what was going on. I was kind of so surprised, first of all. And difficult, I I could go out and uh, realize that uh, there was an iron fence made of uh, iron sticks, like this thick. These ones that they put in the concrete, you know, when they build the buildings. And, and there are sticks that are, you know, uh, I don't know how to say it. Sticking up. That's right. That's the right, <laughs> the right word. <laughs> and, and one of them uh, tore my uh, armpit. And I was bleeding, seriously. And it, it is a whole miracle that, that there was no uh, blood vessel damaged or lympho damaged. So they took me to the hospital. The doctors, they do the surgery and all these things. And the other funny thing is the Lord gave me so much peace and joy. And, and I say, this is not normal. <laughs> the doctor is doing surgery and, and I try hard to stop my laughter. And I said, this is interesting. I was able to speak to the crew uh, of the surgeon about Jesus, invited them to church, all these things. And uh, later on, I started to think, and and I said, "I I could just be gone. Today, I could be in heaven. And my family would be in the deep grief. But I didn't go there because I believe Jesus has a plan for my life. But now I more and more realize that my life is not my own anymore. Even I gave my life many years ago to Jesus. Today I understand very well that my life doesn't belong to me. And this was a situation I could do nothing about. It was dark. I didn't know where I am falling. I was so surprised. It was so unexpected. But he was holding me in his hand. And then I, went, then I went back many years ago when I, I was in deep depression in the beginning of my walk with Jesus. I thought I lost my salvation. I was in deep depression. And then the Lord spoke to me from Isaiah 41. And this changed the situation right away. And he said, you're my servant. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I, and, and they're interesting words there. Don't be afraid. 
don't be scary because I'm holding with your, my right hand. He's holding me with right hand. My left part of the body was totally untouched because he's holding me with his right hand. Interesting. And there is a reason. So now more and more I try, and, and this is our decision, to fix our minds and to fix our hearts, to set them to think and to receive the purpose of, of the life Jesus has given us. Uh, in in uh, Romans chapter 12, Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, chapter 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Maybe our mind is the only thing we have control of. And uh, maybe we can decide what to think for. If we think thoughts of life, we can be uh, a source of life by the Holy Spirit. If we think death, which is the whole situation in the world, this is what we have. So today we can decide. The Lord can intervene in our situation. He knows much better than us where we are, how we feel, what we think, what we desire. But we have to be honest enough to face the situation and say we can do nothing about it. Because uh, very often we tend to, to rely on, uh, on revelations and knowledge from, from the past, which is very wrong. If you look at the Bible, God never does one miracle twice the same way. Never. We had another situation many years ago. I had a severe kidney crisis. And uh, I put in action everything I knew. I prayed seriously. I was praying in tongues. I confessed health. I rebuked the devil. I did everything you can imagine. Nothing happened. So then, I was standing before the Lord and said, Lord, I'm done. I can do nothing more. I did everything I knew. And the peace of the Holy Spirit came on me. And I understand what David says when he says, my soul is like a calm baby in me. This is peace that cannot be um, compared to anything else. Peace in such a difficult situation, God took care of the situation. But why we're here today? I believe that the church should be the prophetic voice of, of the nation. Prophetic voice in this world. This is why we're here. Jesus conquered the death and he gave us life. And this life should overcome everything. And this is why we are called in this world. To proclaim the life that Jesus has given us. And we, we have nothing to lose actually. The Bible says that the, uh, Jesus came to set us free from the fear of death. Amen? 
Jesus came to set us free from the fear of death. And the Bible says that his love, because it's perfect, it cast out every fear. So today we have no reason to be fearful. And the Lord has promised everything. Uh, I mean, another thing as well. He said, one more time, I will shake the heavens and the earth. Sounds exciting. Sounds like shaking. He's going to shake the heavens and the earth because he wants to set us free from the things that are not from him. Jesus said, every tree that is not planted by my father will be uprooted. Everything that is planted by him will grow. So there are things for sure in our lives that are not planted by him. Jesus said, come to me, all of you that are tired and weary, and I'll take your burden. He said, take my burden because it's light and my yoke because it's sweet. And we carry heavy burdens. And I know this is very interesting feeling. And it's crazy feeling actually. When we are hurt, we feel like victim. And we stay there. In our pain. It sounds really crazy, but very often it's like this. I've been there. And because I, I'm hurt and I, I feel neglected sometimes and I think I'm the center of the universe and I need uh, the whole universe to put uh, attention on me, which is very wrong as well. Jesus is the center of the universe. Instead of hiding and instead of mourning, we should put our eyes on him. I heard the story of a mother that, lo uh, that lost her child. And she was grieving deeply. And it, that's normal. What do you do when you lose a child? My father and my uncle passed away before my grandmother. It's very hard to see both of your children die. But this lady... At one moment, she decided that she will do something with this experience. And instead of grieving more, she went and started to help other women that have lost their children. How about that? There is no greater punch in the face of the devil to, than to use what he has done to us to serve God. The devil gets crazy. He said, it would have been better if I never did this to him or her. Just we need different perspective. We need the perspective of Jesus. We need to see things the way he sees them. Because there is nothing without sense. For us, it might be like this. Not for him. Because he is God. He, thinks, uh, he sees the things from a different angle. He sees them from above. He sees the whole picture. We see just part of the picture. And we start to complain. Sometimes we accuse even God. And I think the, the whole reason for everything, this is the ultimate reason for me. This is Trichus speaking. Trichus Stephanus' version of the Bible. 
I think uh, the ultimate reason for everything is that he wants to draw us closer to him. Because this is what Jesus said. This is the eternal life. To know the, the one and only God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. So this is the only reason. Because there is nothing greater than knowing him and knowing his will. And this is what Paul says. Do not be confirmed to this world, but uh, be transformed by renewing of your mind. So then you'll be able to understand what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But we need this transformation to happen. Lately, uh, leaders speak a lot about transformations in the society. And, and, and uh, these transformations take place by the church. But these transformations cannot take place until the, uh, we are not transformed in the way we think. According to the word of God. Not just knowing the word of God, but, but to know the word that comes from above. Which means uh, we come again to these old ways of Christianity. Listening. Prayer. Reading. And meditation. Some people say, oh, you brainwash the, the, the young people. I said, no. We, we don't tell them what to think. We teach them how to think. Because this is the most important thing. Today, the people don't think. They just react on the situations and circumstances. Today, we don't think. Because we have internet, we have TV, we have all kinds of media that are so loud. And they tell us, you don't need to think. You live for the moment. I agree. We should live for the moment. But we should live for the moment the best way we can. Because this moment has, given us, has been given us through Jesus. I have a friend of mine who is working for a Jewish company. And he says, these guys are very interesting. They never plan long term. And I say, well, probably I'm a Jew. <laughs> he says, they never plan long term. They plan for the, and they do for the day the best they can. And they always succeed. How interesting is that? And Jesus said something very important. Don't worry about tomorrow. Because to ne- tomorrow might never come. After this accident, friends, after this accident I had, things that have been huge, uh, Problems for me that bother me seemed so small. I, I, I said, how could I worry for such things, stupid things? I have life now and my life has a meaning. My life has a purpose. And all of you this morning that are here, your life has a purpose. Your life has a meaning. You're not here by accident. Many people outside the church, they don't know their life has a meaning. And this is where our task is. To help these people find meaning in life. Our life is not our own anymore. 
Jesus has given us life. And by the way, he's the one that is explaining the life to us. When we don't understand something, we just go and ask. But as I said before, we tend to rely on old understandings, old knowledge, old prophecies, old things. Yes, of course, God speaks to us. And some of the things that he gives us, they're long-term. Sometimes he gives us word, and usually this is in the beginning when we become Christians. He, he gives us direction for, for life. But then uh, in difficult, different situations, he gives us word for the situation itself. To, to bring change in the situation. Sometimes he's quiet. He doesn't say anything. We won't change. We won't change. Nothing. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but that's why he's God. <laughs> he's God. <laughs> he he can bring the change if he, if he wants or not. This is up to him. But this is where trust is. This is where faith is. And this is not crazy. Yeah, for the, for the rational people, for the people of the world, this might seem crazy. But it might seem crazy just for the moment. But not later on when, when you see what God has meant. Because most of the times we, we can... When you look back, you can see what the Lord has done in your life and, and how you came to this point, right? Very rarely he tells us the things ahead of time. Is that true? So I want to encourage you today. We live in an ex- exciting times. This is what we tell our young people. Christian life is never boring. Never. And, and if you think your life is boring, I don't know what to say. Go to a concert. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but this is true. Even, even these times of our lives, the Lord allows to come so we could, uh, and this is a sign that there is something that probably we, we, we are not on the track or, or maybe we have stopped and maybe we should continue. Yeah, but I don't know what to do. Hey, make the first step. God said that he's going to direct our steps, but we have to walk so he could direct our steps, right? That's my encouragement to you this morning. Let the Lord lead your life. And it will be an exciting life. Use every situation to talk to people. And who knows, you might win the nation. Just before we come here, I took in to the doctor. And they did x-ray picture there and... There was a woman waiting for something, and I saw she had a tattoo here, cross, beautiful cross on her. 
she was about 40 probably, and, and I asked her, hello, how are you today? And she was very intense, nervous, and she's watching me. How am I feeling today? Like the days before. <laughs> I got used to the, to, I got used to, to the pain in my hand. I never asked her about the pain in her hand, but she's telling me. And I started conversation with her. And I said, do you know what the reason for this pain is? For how long you have this? And she says, for everything there is a reason. I, I said, this is interesting. And I asked her, I, I saw your tattoo. You have cross on your hand. Are you a believer? She said, yes. If believers can, have, can wear tattoos. I, I said, that's okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put tattoo on my body, but. I said, that's okay. I think you can be a believer. And she, she knew some things about the Bible. She started to quote Paul, what Paul says and things like that. And I told her, I'm a minister. Can I pray for you here? She said, yes. <laughs> right there in the hospital. So I prayed for her. But, but I prayed not, not just for her hand because I saw she didn't have peace. I asked the Lord to touch her heart and soul and, and bring peace there. Because the one thing that people lack today in the world, and this is peace. The whole world speaking about peace, but there is no peace. And, and the word of God says there is no peace for the ungodly. Which means for the people of God, there should be peace that passes uh, above all understanding. So this is what I would like us to pray today for. I would like us to invite the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts again with peace and joy and uh, to invite him in whatever situation we are in. Because one thing happens when we are under pressure. And I'm speaking from my own experience. Probably you're different. But when I'm under pressure, the last thing I want to do is to sit and wait on the Lord. But this is the only right decision we can do. And because we're in church and uh, Holy Spirit is supposed to be here and we're supposed to listen to him and let him do his will in us. Is it okay if we pray today and, and invite him? And... Uh, because uh, we believe strongly that the church is a body, I believe uh, the Holy Spirit is using different parts of the body. So probably uh, some of you will receive a prophetic word from the Lord today. Some of you might be prompted to go and lay hands on somebody for healing. I don't know. Leon told me this morning, do your whatever you want. <laughs> And the only thing I want is to leave space for the Holy Spirit and see what happens. And th this is a great time for, for us just to wait on him. I hope we are not in a hurry. And, and I believe he will visit us this morning. And he will bring healing and restoration and new hope and new life and new joy. 
Jesus said, I'm making everything new. And he has new life, new joy, new hope for every day. New peace. We cannot rely on the peace and hope from yesterday. Because today is a new day. And we ask him to, to do his will in us and through us. Amen. So can we pray? Can we have the piano? The only thing we need to do is just to position ourselves in, uh, to receive from him, to receive from the Lord. And if, if you have difficult situation and uh, you've been thinking and praying how I can deal with this situation, uh, stop thinking. Just give, give the situation over to Jesus. He knows what to do with it. Because there are people that are tired of uh, uh, tired to fight. And usually what happens when you stop fighting, if you're drowning, usually people are fighting to come out. But if you leave your body calm, it go by itself on the surface of the water. And this is how it is also in, in, in our life with Jesus. Sometimes he just wants us to relax and, and just be in his hands. Because we are there anyway. And when we are fighting often, we, we um, hinder him from the opportunity to help us. Because we are trying to help ourselves. And we are not in a self-helping religion. We believe in a living God who loves us. And nothing can separate us from his love. His name is Jesus, Savior. Amen. Lord Jesus, we worship you today. We give you glory and praise. And we welcome you. Because this is your home. This is your church. This is your body. And your body is wounded and bruised. But let the healing power of your spirit be on your church today. And let the healing flow. joy fills up the hearts let new vision be born Lord I ask you today take away all the painful memories and today we give you all the difficult and painful situations all the complicated relationships and challenges and we're just waiting on you we thank you that you're here now Holy Spirit and we open our hearts waiting on you
do with us whatever you want. Speak to us words of life and restoration. 